And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find people who have social proof, meaning they can point to their success. Like this ain't theory, this ain't nothing that they read in a book and regurgitating it. Um, but I have to tell y'all a story before we actually get this started. So I did a presentation, a couple of presentations this year, where I was telling people to identify their goals, their, their financial goals, their relationship goals, uh, both business and personal, um, physical goals, um, you know, just, just accomplishments, just identifying what the accomplishments are. I have a certain financial goal, but I also have a certain relationship goal. And one of my relationship goals was to have lunch with a billionaire. Because I'm like, yo, I, I have a good network, but my network can go to another level where I have lunch with a billionaire. Well, last night, me and my friend, Melvin <laughs> Nunnery, we had dinner yep. at Mastro's. We had the best salmon in the world. It was, right? it was absolutely amazing. Oh, and I put them on. So, ah, yeah, because I, I normally... Salmon. I normally get the uh, filet mignon, butterfly cut, right. bone-in. Uh-huh. And I've never had anything other than filet mignon, butterfly cut, bone-in at Mastro's. And last night, you were telling me about that mm-hmm. salmon, and boy, it changed my life. Yeah, well, look, yeah, I'm going to mess with the salmon again. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. I told him about the salmon. He told me how to make a billion dollars, so I feel like it's an even trade. <laughs> no, what's good, man? I'm, I'm good, good, baby. Show? Thanks for having me here, brother. Oh, happy yeah. to be here, man. First off. Please introduce yourself because we just got to set the tone so we understand the information that we're talking about here is not theory. So I guess introduce uh, yourself and what it is that you do. Yeah, so I'm Melvin Nunnery. I'm from Oxnard, California, which is just like a small town, man. Played football, basketball, and baseball. Just grew up in the sports. And so later on in life, and I built a mobile app that allows athletes to market and promote themselves all over the country. Um, so our motto is you can go from discover to offer to one click. So they can market and promote themselves to uh, get a scholarship. Uh, so, stu- so students where they play high school, basketball, football, lacrosse, whatever. Yeah, so it's 32 sports. So uh. any sport that the NCAA gives you a scholarship in, we promote that. But we also got into eSports as well, so the video gamers. So all you parents out there, stop telling them kids to put them video games down and go get a book. Mm-hmm. Go burn the book right. and get them some more video games. Or those husbands out here that's playing 2K, <laughs> tell your wife, listen, boo, yeah. I'm to get this bag, okay? That's why I'm playing Madden right now. Well, well, the guys that are really good are like 13, 14, okay. 15, and 16. <laughs> tell your husband to put that down. <laughs> yeah, he need to put that down. No excuse, you know I tried. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he pushing the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> he need to be pushing your buttons. At, at 40, he need to be putting your buttons. <laughs> Oh, gosh. And, and yeah. some people right now, 40 years old, like, nah, I've been playing Madden. I'm, like, yeah, I'm, nice. I'm nice. It's different. a 13-year-old kid going to wear you oh, out, boy. Right. They got little hair. Like <laughs> so, um, all right, so you do um, uh, sports, physical sports and esports yep. on the app. Mm-hmm. So they contact you, and you you connect them with people who can give them a scholarship. No, and it's interesting because you don't contact me at all. I don't want to talk to nobody. So you don't talk to me at all. All I did was put together the place, the vehicle, for the athlete with the talent mm-hmm. to meet the coach with the scholarship. Mm. So your talent and his scholarship meet at my house, and then you guys figure that out and give each other a scholarship. And it's like Division One, Two, Three, NAI. Some junior colleges give out scholarships. 
Because the, the problem is a lot of the kids didn't know that there were different options other than Division One, because mm -hmm. they're always taught by their parents or somebody, yo, you got to get a scholar. Right. You got to get a Division One scholar. Yeah. But there's some Division Two schools that pay for your education too, Division Three. If the end goal is to get your education paid for, you just have to know where they're at. Gotcha, gotcha. So you put, the app develop, you put that app together. How long have you been building this particular brand? Man, since about, since March 2011. March 2000. So you've, you've been building this since March 2011. Absolutely. So for the last yeah. almost nine years. Yeah, this, is, this has been an overnight success. Overnight? Oh, yeah, <laughs> nine years. That's no time. Yeah. So, so, uh, so fast forward, then I'll backtrack. So yep. fast forward, um, you got noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So finally, back in uh, probably in May, we were getting ready to do a tournament, a basketball tournament in L.A. with uh, LeBron James, two kids. And it was going to be a huge L.A. City basketball tournament. But I get a phone call from somebody that says, you need to be talking to this guy in China. His name is Darius Love. And so he put the guy on the phone. I talked to him. I had my guys vet him. And he checked out and he flew out here to meet me. And I said, well, I guess I got to go to China. Mm. Never been before. Right. What was the conversation when he flew in? Uh, he really liked the mobile app. Um, he thought it would be good for... Uh, those in China to use the mobile app to come here to play sports here in the United States. Um, so when I flipped it, is I said, well, let's not just look at it from them coming here to play in the United States. I'll be the recruiting app and social network for the Chinese athletes to go into the Chinese university. They don't have an NCAA. Mm. They don't have a CIF. So if you don't have that, I'll be that, and then I can control the recruiting out there, which is ridiculous. They got 88 million esports gamers and they got 360 million athletes. Sheesh. So he comes out here, y'all had a conversation. So why do you go out to China? Well, in good faith, you know, with the uh, Chinese, man, they want to break bread with you and they want to they want to invest and do business with people that they know. Mm -hmm. So I had never been there. So I call my right hand man, Scott. I never travel anywhere without Scott Carper. I call Scott and I like Scott, we got to go to China. He said, what, what are we going to do in China? And I said, man, we're going to go try to make a deal. And I, and I said, man, we ain't never been to China, but if it's me and you, these Chinese kids, they small. As long as it's me and you, we can take them. I, I feel comfortable. Right. Man, we get out to China, man. I'm Chinese at 6'8", 6'9". So Yao Ming was like, what's up? <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. up, man? What you doing? Like, man, we better straighten up and fly right. <laughs> <laughs> but we went out there, man, and we met with the government, and we met with the Chinese Electronic Chamber of Commerce, and we pitched it to them. The Chinese Electronic Chamber, Chamber of, of Commerce. Commerce, yeah. They have a whole session for esports. Mm. Um, and so I went out there thinking that it was going to be just athletes, and they were trying to tell me about esports, and I was like, I'm not interested in esports, man. Mm. Uh, they said, no, 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 you got to check out the esports. I'm not interested in esports. Where is the Yao Ming? Right. And they said, well, we have access to 88 million uh, esports gamers. Wait a minute. So tell me more about this people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what you mean you got 88 million? Yeah, they have universities, hubs, where the eSport the e gamers, they go and they live, and then they play eSports for 12 hours a day. Really? Yeah, and their goal is to go to the world championships and go to other countries and compete and, and be good. And, and now in the United States, there's 77 schools that give out scholarships to eSports. So we changed our motto real mm. quick. So our model was athletes, but then now we change it to where we can also be the recruiting social network for esports, and then automatically we became the first and the only uh, recruiting social network for esports. 
Wow. Okay. So what was the deal like, if you don't mind sharing, what was the deal with your app? Um, it's in the news. Yeah. So the deal is, is I was able to sell them $1.4 billion for 30% of the company. And now when you put that in perspective, right, everybody's going crazy over Kylie Jenner. Well, she sold 51% um, of her company for maybe like, what, a billion dollars or $600 million or something like that. So she sold 51% and I sold 30% of a separate company for $1.4 billion. And I still have Scholarly here that we own 100%. But then we have Scholarly International that we set up so that we can team up with the uh, Chinese Chamber of Commerce. And I sold that part for 30%. Hold on, fam. Hold on. You build a company. Yeah. They like the concept of the company. Yeah. So you make a sub of that company. Correct. And you sell 30% of the company you just created for them. Of a sub, yeah. For $1.4 billion. Yeah. 30% of that. Yeah. And you still got the company that they liked initially. Don't touch the United States. Only the China. Only R&B. That's what you touch. <laughs> <laughs> so, no. and it's interesting is because people are really trying to come up with business models that make you work and make you have the talent and make you produce something. And I want to come up with a business model that says, I don't have the talent and I don't have the scholarships. So, but if I can provide a space for you to get attracted to the coach or find a coach, then that's got to be worth something. And that's a good business model for me. My knees are bad, you know, and I don't have a school that I can give you a scholarship to. So um, I don't have to own everything, right? I just have to own the product, which is the mobile app. So with, with China, I knew that they wanted to get to the United States bad. They just didn't have a vehicle. Mm -hmm. So my second biggest thing was to try to figure out how to finagle my way for China to allow me to be the first social network from the United States to be in China. So Facebook's mm. not there, Instagram's not there, Twitter, Google, none of them are in China. There's no Instagram in China? No. Uh, really? You have, to, you have to use a VPN, a virtual private network, to use Instagram in China. But Instagram's not allowed in China. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, YouTube's not allowed in China. Really? No, they, no. Uh -huh. I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't know no, that. no, no. YouTube's not even allowed in China. So, so you got this idea. They're like, yo, Mel, we got $1.4 What's up? Like, was that it like well, the it initial? It wasn't really like that. It, you know, it was some negotiations going yeah. on. So the initial negotiation was $750 million. And uh, so I had turned that down, like, before they got out of their Hold mouth. Hold up, man. Hold on. Yeah. So was you, was you eating already? Like, your, your company's doing numbers, and you're like, I don't need $750 million. Huh. Huh. I needed another 5000 to pay some bills. <laughs> yeah, I was 5000 short uh, on... on uh, overhead and, and just kind of bills, man. And it was just like, you know, a lot of times me and my, my partner, Lee. Are you hearing this? Yeah. You hearing this life? Yeah. So a lot of times me and my partner, Lee, we would come out of our own pocket to make sure people were getting paid or make sure vendors were getting paid. So if we were short 3000 or 5000 we would pick it up. So when he offered me the $750 million, I knew he had more. And so I said, no. <laughs> I can't. I, yo, no. me. Okay. How are you going? Cash? Check? How you going to do it? Nah, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. Well, see, here's so, the problem, though. Here's, here's the thing right, that you have to understand is it's not about what something is worth, right? It's about what is it worth to the customer. So I knew that it was worth a lot to China to get their athletes, to get their uh, academia, to get their people here to the United States. And it had to be worth more than $750 million. Because they're not going to offer you all they got. 
Right. So I had to gamble on myself. So I didn't tell my staff about the deal and the negotiation. It was just me and my attorneys. And, uh, you know, my attorney was like, are you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure, man. And then we just came up and we just continued to negotiate. And then I got them up to 1.4. You need $5,000 to pay some bills. Somebody offers you $750 million. I borrowed some money when I got off the phone with them. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I, I, I need to understand where that comes from. Like, where do you, where do you get that? Because the average human is not doing that. Man, you know what it is, man. Um, when I was younger, man, I used to always see my dad and the drive that my dad had. And, and, you know, he was just a good dude. So I always wanted to be a version of my dad. And, and, and he never really took anything that, that he didn't earn. But he always says he should get everything that he deserves. Right. Everything that he worked for, he should get. He shouldn't get anything more than that. So I felt like I earned that. Right. Based off of what the customer needed. So when I was younger, um, when I was in like 28, 29, I became a millionaire for the first time. And I bought my mom and dad their, their first house. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I understand what it's like to have a million dollars and then go down to nothing and then get back to a million dollars again and go back down to nothing. So I understand that. So I was willing to gamble on myself. And the average person is not willing to go and be broke. And I was willing to be broke again for like another three, four months, another five, six months to get the deal. Now, if the 750 was all he had, I'd have took it. I'd have took $7 million if I thought that that was all it was worth to them. I'd have took $7 million. So if, if, I'm, if, if I'm just a regular Joe out here in these streets, I'm like, yo, that's calling me. I like that, man. Look, I ain't got a whole bunch of money, but I feel like I can build it. I use $7 million. I use $5 million. Yeah. Or you'd have been like, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another level of thinking. Yeah, man, because it's like, uh, what is it worth to you? What do you have and what is it worth to you? So, you know, like people, I, I always tell this story. And, and it's like, <clears throat> I have a car and you need to get to work. So you call me and say, yo, Mel, I need to get to work. It's 20 minutes away. I said, where are you working at? Well, I'm working at Target. Yeah, he's getting about $15 an hour. So I'm going to pick him up. And I'm going to take him to work, and I'm going to say, just give me gas money, right? Mm-hmm. I have the same car, and, I have this, and the gas costs the same. But now you need to go and pick up a million-dollar check for this record deal. So what happens if you don't get there by, by one? Man, they're probably going to take it down to $500 million, or, or they're going to take it up to, like, you know, $500,000. So what I say is, what is it worth to him? So instead of the, the gas money, now I say, okay, so if you're going to get this record deal, for a million dollars, and I'm gonna take you there, fam. Gotta give me a Rolex watch. That Rolex watch is probably gonna cost twenty thousand dollars. So I can either now take the watch or take the twenty thousand dollars. But now it's worth twenty thousand dollars for you to go get a million dollars. And that's what I tell people is they're so focused on this is my fee, but my fee changes minute by minute. Like you may call to book me to do something, and I might give you a fee. Life called me to book me something, and it's gonna be huge. He can be listening to me talking to you, and he got a different fee. Mm. Right? Because what is it worth to life? He's selling tickets, $50 a piece, and it seats 2,500 people. You want me to come and speak at a school. Why is it the same fee? Mm. You got to change your thinking. Well, let's get this clear. Like, first off, are you going to come speak at Social Proof? I ain't got no money for you, okay? I, I need you to speak at Real Social Proof Conference, April 2nd and 3rd, 2020. Are you going to speak? I ain't got no. Well, well since I'm on camera, yeah. <laughs> that's how you, that's <laughs> that's how you put the pressure hey, on it. cold blood, right? <laughs> you can <laughs> Yo, that is cold-blooded. <laughs> you know, you're probably going to end the money. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Like, 
Because he's probably going to talk about philanthropy and helping yeah. out black people. Okay, yeah. now you, you're supposed to pull me to the side, <laughs> bro, and be like, yo, man, hey, can I do this? I think I learned. And then I have to negotiate with you. <laughs> I th- yeah, I know. I think I learned that move from you last night. So, uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, man. That's so, a good one. So, 28, you make your first million. How does somebody go from being a millionaire to broke? I don't understand it because mm. I haven't hit millionaire, and I feel mm. like as a millionaire, I'll put some money aside because I'm not I'm not going to lose it because I remember yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. So how do you go up and then down and then up again and down? Man, you just make bad investments, man. Mm. Sometimes you make bad decisions and sometimes you make bad investments, but the majority of the time, you have bad people around you. You don't have the right people advising you and the right people around you. Everywhere I went, the party was on me, right? Uh, anybody who needed their rent paid, or the mortgage paid, I felt like I'll help them out. Because when you have a broke mentality, because you've been broke all your life, when we have no money, I'll get a hot link sandwich, I'm going to split that up and give you half, mm-hmm. right? And if you stay in that mentality, when you get a million dollars and you need something, oh, man, $200,000, man, I got you. You held me down, right? You have to switch your way of thinking. Mm-hmm. In order to be successful, you got to flip your way of thinking. And I didn't flip at that time. I stayed the same. So anybody who called me crying, mm-hmm. oh, they got me. Right. Oh no, nah, fam, because I remember I used to be that, and I used to, I know what that feels like. But sometimes they're running game on me. Yeah. Right. Um, somebody wants me to do an investment with them. They need a hundred thousand um, dollars. They don't know what they're doing. You know, they come up with a half decent business plan. That's my man. And I go ahead and invest in it. Uh, if it's not their money. It's easy for them to leave. Yeah. Right? Sure. But I'm the one that have a hundred percent of the responsibility and the liability. Because if you're gonna get sued, the first person they're gonna go to is the guy with the biggest pockets. Mm. So now I don't invest in anybody unless they have skin in the game or they can bring somebody with some skin in the game so we can share the risk. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So so you 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 made your first million, and then you go down just giving away money. What was the stupidest thing you bought? Not stupidest, but like, yo, I didn't need to buy that. A plane. How old were you? 29. Oh, oh, so right when you got the money. Yeah. <laughs> what made yeah. you think, yo, I'm going to go get a plane at 29 years old? First off, don't no 29-year-old need a plane. Well, because I was with this guy, Brian Stearns, out of Texas. And uh, he was just doing it crazy big. So he had bought a plane. And so he bought a, a Cessna or something like that, seven-passenger plane. And we couldn't all, like, it was hey, too write small. write that down, a Cessna. yeah. And it was, a, it was a small plane, right? And so, you know, he wanted to get another plane. So I was like, I get it. You know what I'm saying? It was damn near his money anyway, right? <laughs> it wasn't really my money, right? Mm-hmm. I'm working for the guy. So I was like, I'll be, you can get it, man, and stuff. And so we got an $18 million plane, and we only had about $5, $5 million. <laughs> you so, bought an $18 million yeah. plane. You had $5 million. Yeah. What, how much the money did you have to put down? Well, like 1.5. You, you put know. down like 20, 25 percent of the all the money that you had on a plane bro mm-hmm. uh, all the music videos talking about a g4 <laughs> we, and this was a g3 <laughs> but it looked like a g4 right yeah so my man shout that out the to chrysler look like a bentley yeah <laughs> until the g4 pull up next to it yo so my man brian uh. stern shouts out to brian stern's man because brian stern's is the guy that actually helped me get my first million dollars mm. man and, and we were doing it we were wilding out and doing it big and had the Lamborghinis and the Ferraris as the company cars. Mm. We had a fleet of limousines. Um, we were just wilding, wow. right? And so it's easy to lose it. Listen, we hired 14 off-duty uh, uh, LAPD's officers to be our bodyguards, man. Why do you need a bodyguard, bro? We didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I went broke. 
<laughs> right, makes sense. Yeah. Tell me some cool stuff about having a plane. Let me just let me just be in a. One time there, I was at a time that me and my buddy was at the Q Club in Oxnard. It's a little pool hall. Mm-hmm. So Q Club in Oxnard, we had met these two girls, and it, it was like, yo, you guys want to go to the club? It was like about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. And they said, like, man, we can go to a club. All the clubs close early. And I was like, no, we can go to a club in Las Vegas. And she said, nah, how are we going to get to Las Vegas? I'm going to call my plane. They're going to meet us in Oxnard, and then we're going to go to Las Vegas. And so they were with it. We go to Oxnard. My plane actually gets there uh, before we do. Go to Oxnard, jump on the plane. We go to Las Vegas. We go to a club. My boy Kip Sweeney was the doorman at the club. Got us in. Uh, I think it was Caesar Palace or something like that. Got us in. We partied until like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Got a little room and then uh, came on back. Okay, yeah. That's, that's some cool, cool stuff. Yeah, that's, that's pretty well, cool. Well, t- there was another time, man. I had a um, Rolex watch. They only made two in the world. I had one and Master P had one. And what what what's, what do you mean? Which one is that? What is that? It's a it's it's a princess cut diamond watch. It was one hundred and fifty two thousand dollars, and they only made two. And what happened was my my the guy that I was with he gave it to me right as a gift for being part of the company, and he gave me the platinum. Is he hiring? No man. I wasn't being part of the company. So he gave me the <laughs> he gave me the platinum watch right, mm-hmm. and this is when platinum had first came out. Right. Well, I'm in the I'm in the bar. And nobody is jocking my watch. I said, this is $152,000. And I'm thinking they're thinking it's silver or something. So I'm like, yo, B, I don't want this watch, man. I want to go get a gold watch. So I call our jeweler, which was in Scottsdale, Arizona. I jumped on a plane that night. I left the club, jumped on a plane, went to Arizona. Because wasn't getting love for the and expensive watch. And I traded that watch in for the gold watch. And then and came on back. Now, that was crazy. Give me the psychology behind that. Because I think that. I probably like, lost like twenty, twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. Give, give me, give me the psychology behind that. Like why, like why, like just, just tell me. Look, look at the old Melvin and be like, yo. Well, no, it's it's crazy because I never wore jewelry. I still don't wear jewelry, right? Um, but because he gave it to me, and it was the first piece of jewelry that I wore. I mean, I don't wear a ring. I don't wear watches. I just don't, man. And um, he gave me this thing, and so I was like, everybody in the music Beatles got one, and everybody's getting jocked. I wasn't getting jocked. <laughs> they was like, is that silver? <laughs> is he wearing silver? Bro, it's platinum, and platinum had just came out. Right, like, right. we're talking like two weeks ago, platinum came out. Right, right. right? Everybody's rocking platinum. And nobody was jocking it, but they was jocking my man next to me with the gold. Uh, I, I left the club. It was like maybe 12.30. I left the club and jumped on a plane to go trade my watch in yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, you had too much money at that point. Yeah. So what, what, was, your, what was your come down? What was, the, what was the crash, and how'd you get it back? Man, there was, a, there was a couple of crashes, right? Because I, I would go up and down. But, you know, one of the crashes is um, I invested some money into strawberries, into a strawberry film. That's a booming business. Really? Yeah. And uh, we invested a lot of money, and we got other investors to invest into the strawberries. And it turned out to be a scheme. And, I mean, we, we were talking with Snoop and Denzel and all them, and it turned out to be a scheme. And... And everybody lost their money. Mm. I mean, everybody lost their money. And um, FBI got involved and, and all, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The strawberry scam. Yeah. Well, I live in Oxnard where it's the best uh, place to grow strawberries because of the weather and the soil and everything is there. It's the best place to grow strawberry. What the problem for me is the person who was doing the strawberry stuff, they, they were living in Oxnard. But the fields that we had... In Santa Maria, two hours away. Right, right. 
Man, if you don't cut it out. Mm. <laughs> and wow. we lost that we lost pretty much everything, man. Dang. All right, so let's talk about the Scally Me. So obviously we know you sold a percentage of the created company, which I'm still like just feel some type of way about. That's crazy. But 1.4 billion, but you were doing it for eight years. Yeah, eight, eight Give eight me the years. beginning of how you built that. Because there's a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, we're starting a company and we're, right. we're trying to figure it out. And one, we can't see eight years ahead. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. I mean? Listen, I didn't think it was going to take me that long either, but I didn't have a goal and I didn't have a plan. What happened was um, I was doing pretty good, but I was on the downslide. And so then a few months later, I ended up losing the condo that I had in Ventura and um, put all my expensive furniture and everything in storage. Um, my shoe collection, everything, man. I probably had like maybe three, four hundred pairs of shoes. Everything was in storage. And I go live with my brother Paul in Newberry Park. That's right up the stairs from where my mom and my sister's living. And... I couldn't afford to pay my storage after like three months and they were going mm. to auction everything. So I had to write them a bad check. I hope it's been covered now because it's like seven years. Right, I, right. I don't know what the statute of limitation is. <laughs> <laughs> but but right. on a bad check, you right, know what I'm right. saying? But I, I mean, I can fix it if I need to. But, right. but so I wrote them a check just so that they could unlock the door. And I didn't want any of the, the, the artwork or anything that I had. I just wanted, I had my brother's, Oxnard yellow jacket, Letterman jacket, that when he died when I was 13 years old, and he worked so hard to get that jacket, and he had just gotten it, and he ended up dying in a car accident on the, way to, on the way to school. So all I wanted was his jacket and my computer. And then I felt like if I had those two, I can get anything in the stores back. And I just walked out with those two things. Wow. Yeah. So you walked out of there and you did what? How did, like, give me the beginning I, of the business. I walked out of there. I went to go stay with my brother and I was there for maybe two or three weeks. And uh, my mom ended up having a stroke. Mm. And so she ended up having a stroke. And I was like, yo. And then we were getting evicted out of his place at that time. And I said, you know what? I got to build something. And uh, I was working with this girl, Tiffany Hurd. And um, we were working in the gym. We ended up getting her a scholarship to the University of Providence. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know what, if I can do this for Tiffany Hurd, then she, she played um, basketball at uh, Mopart Junior College. And I remember playing her in, in high school and she was just absolutely amazing. And so she should have gotten a scholarship and she didn't. So when I started working with her and we started getting Tiffany a scholarship, I said, you know what, this is the business. Now I gotta turn it into a model, mm -hmm. right? And I said, I can do a mobile app where every athlete around the world can tap in and figure out how they can market and promote themselves like Tiffany Hurd did to a college coach. And then she ended up getting like the biggest scholarship in the Mopark Junior College School history. Mm. So I stopped training. I stopped working. I stopped doing everything that day. And I started building scholarly. Gotcha. So like, was it always progressing over these eight years? Like did it steadily progress? Man, I'm going to tell you what's crazy is it was progressing very well from 2011 and we have bumps in a row because you don't you know you don't have money my first my first payroll check right to my first the first girl that I hired Kelly scaring jello or something like that mm. I hired her and then the first paycheck I had to go to like you know how you go to those uh check cash check in the go places mm. and you give them your 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 company check and yeah. they give you a, I had to go and do that to pay her first payroll 
mm. for Scalamy. And I didn't even have a company check. I had to make up a company check <laughs> to go take it there to get a $300 loan, wow. you know, because she was part-time. And then, yes. then we ended up paying her. Um, so that, that's how Scholarly started, right? Mm. And, then we, and then we started getting to the bread. Gotcha. Gotcha. But it, it, was, it was really good up and down because I love the up and downs, man. Mm. I don't like this at all. And I don't like to just continue to go here because that crash can be, you don't, you don't, you don't understand the turbulence. I like to have a little bit of turbulence in it because it gives me that 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 dog, right? Mm. And it keeps me hungry. So, but in 2014, I had a, a, a who I called a mentor and a partner of mine that I bought him in and I gave him a percent of the company. And uh, Scalini. Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget his name is Al Jones, right? And he tried in 2014. We did a all world games where we bought the best players in the world to come and play. Mm. Um, and it was the Scalini All World Games. Um, and then after that game, him and another buddy of mine um, went to the investors and the shareholders and tried to take my company away. The really? Company, yeah, the company that I built, and I bring you along with me. So Ooh. think of it like Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, right? I'm thinking about that. So yeah. I bring this guy, Al, along with me to be my mentor, and um, I give him a piece of the company, and then he sees a success in 2014, and then he tries to take my company away from me and get me to be out as a CEO and put his man as a CEO, which he would actually be calling the shots, but this would be the figurehead. So I go speak at this thing called the Milken Institute Global Conference. It's the richest people in the world. Well, hold on real quick. I, I don't understand how they try to take the company away from you. Well, they, they'll, they'll do things like, they'll, they'll use terms like misappropriating funds or um, use terms like uh, he's not well-traveled. Because uh, at that time, you know, I had only been to one country, right? So if you have a company, you got the board, and they just vote. No matter, even if you own majority of the company. Yeah, man, yeah, your your board uh, has a lot of control. So you got to be careful who you put on your board of directors, because wow. they could they could take your company away. So you work for your board of directors at that particular time. You you don't really work for yourself. No matter how much money you have, they can take your company away. Perfect example is Steve Jobs. Wow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Unbelievable. So we had to be. So I'm I, like, yo, I'm honestly, when you're saying that, because we had a conversation, we'll get into it. But last night, you know, I'm, I'm working on something big and, you know, I'm going to go for the investors, things of that nature. But in the event that, cause let's just say I'm not the most organized person in the world, right? Right, 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 right. And that may be my handicap. You mean to tell me if, even if I own the company and I bring these investors on, they say, yo, he's not organized. I don't, I don't really like the fact that he doesn't travel a lot or he doesn't work on Saturdays or something like that. He, they can come together, vote, and take my company away. Well, here's the difference. If with you trying to get, in, get investors, you're going to start off with the investors. And unless you're selling stocks, like actual security stocks, then you don't have to have a board of directors. Hmm. So you can, sell those, you can sell a percentage of your company to investors. And now all you have to do is own 51% or more. Of the company to have the controlling interest um, but you can have less than 51% and still have controlling interest by the proxy vote the proxy vote is, is important because let's, let's say life comes in and he owns 5% mm -hmm. let's say my man comes in and he owns 10% and I own 49% I don't have the majority well if I can get his 5% and his 10% I get another 15% and that means all their votes are the way that I vote. But that's only if you're trying to be a public company? No, any, anyway. 
you always want to make sure that you're in the majority uh, position, right? Gotcha. So if you sold, if you got investors and you went down, like let's say you start off with the investors and you start off giving away 15%, mm-hmm. you're good. You don't have to worry about right. that. There's nothing they can do. If you give away 30%, you're still good. There's nothing you can do. You don't have a board because you're not selling securities. Right. You're not selling stocks. You're just selling a percentage. Um, you just have to have a majority of the shareholders. What's the benefit of selling securities? And I'm, I'm trying to answer these questions. I'm trying to ask these questions. One, I want to know, but a lot of our audience, they may not understand big business. And once we get there, we, we need to kind of know this language. So yeah, what's the difference between just selling, okay, I give you 10% of my company for $10,000. Like, what's the difference between that and the securities? Well, the biggest difference is uh, is I can raise more money, mm-hmm. right? So, like, let's say <clears throat> I say I'm, I'm, I'm going to sell 1% of the company for $10,000. So somebody has to come up with either $5,000 or $10,000 for them, them to get in. But that 1%, if it's in stock, 1% can equate to 13,000 shares. Mm-hmm. So somebody now can buy $500 worth of shares, and I can get somebody to buy you know, $1,500 worth of shares. It'll get me to the next level if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you you want to sell shares because you can generate and make more money by selling shares to more people than you could if you sold a block. So you have to sell 1% and you have to sell uh, 10% or 15% when I can sell 1,000 shares. And I can sell the shares at $5 a share and get five, you know what I'm saying, $5,000. Or I can sell. Do you only have 100 shares, though, that you can give away? No, you create how many shares you have. So Scholarly has, I believe, and I can't be specific because we're a private company, but imagine Scholarly has over 1.5 million shares. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So you say. So you can, you can actually have 20 million shares. Gotcha. Yeah. And then you can sell those shares for $2 a share. You can sell them for. So imagine if you created a company and you uh, got stocks and you were able to sell. 20 million shares for $2 a share. Now, how many people do you know have $2? Everybody. Right, so then how many shares could you actually sell at $2 a share if you have 20 million of them, and how much would your company be worth? Mm, that makes sense. So that's, that the, that's the difference, versus you're selling 1% versus one share. Gotcha. Can you share, like, your, your initial investment uh, raise? Because let's just say, uh, Omar, what's the name of your company? Say it again? Life Jacket Lifestyles. Follow Life Jacket life jacket lifestyles but say he has a company life jacket lifestyles and he says yo i want to get a store i make this a global brand it's going to be a hundred million dollar company right he goes to an investor and they first ask of all for if it's going to be a hundred i want i want to get in on that too oh if it's going to be a hundred million dollars right if you're sure on that i want to get on that now Right. <laughs> I heard saying. that. Okay. Yeah, don't, don't now just, you got to figure out how yeah, to make this out of it. Skip over that. You know what I'm saying? I was like, no, when I hear that, I hear, is that a gazelle? Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, let's go. That's, that's like food. We can eat. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, the so I, walk through your journey of getting investors. So the idea was I wanted to figure out, I didn't know how much my company was worth. So I wanted to figure out how much money I needed. Right. Right. And so once I figured out at the very beginning that I needed like $50,000, then I was like, okay, well, I'll sell 10% and divide that by what I need. And this is how much I'm selling shares for. Right. Hold on one second. Is it raining? It's about yeah. raining? Uh, is there a little... I mean, you can wrap it up. No, I can't. <laughs> I need a little TV, a little something. We're going to tra- change locations, ladies and gentlemen. 
Um, we're going here. I just ain't got the key. Dang. We lo we're going to lose the uh, resort uh, the resort field. You said yeah. what? Yeah, we can walk right around to the front door. He's going to see that and like, yo, no. <laughs> okay, let me, uh, let me see. Let me see. Huh. All right, that. That's crazy. Like they in the pool, take off under the umbrella, put the camera under the umbrella. All right, cool. All right, cool. So we're talking about um, the initially getting investors. Like, give me the tutorial. Yeah. So, so what I did was I figured out how much I was going to need to get to a certain point. Now, I don't know what that point is. I just said, hey, man, this is how much I need to pay the programmers. This is how much I need to pay this person and that person. Because you so, have the company now, you just need yeah. an app. So I now I need the app, man. I, I you know, I don't want to be going to check in the go and, and paying my staff right. Right, anymore. <laughs> right, right. So <clears throat> we figured out how much money that we need to get us by to where we can try to go get more, more money and bigger money and get to the next what we call milestone. How much did you think you needed? I thought I needed fifty grand. Fifty grand. I didn't know how long it took how much it cost to build a mobile app. I didn't know how long it took. I didn't know anything. So you just when paid, I started. Uh, Fifty grand sound good. We need about fifty. We need about fifty. Fifty grand. That's it. <laughs> right. Let's fifty grand is a lot of money to a lot right. of people, right? So I felt like fifty grand. So when I took the percentage and I took the money that I needed, the shares came out to forty-seven hundred ten dollars and eighty-two cents. Forty-seven hundred ten dollars and eighty-two cents. Ten dollars and eighty-two cents. So my initial investors paid forty-seven hundred ten dollars and and uh, 82 cent for 1% of the company. And then now that 1% of the company right now is selling for a hundred, roughly around $107,000. And probably February, March, the 1% is gonna be anywhere between $5 million and $10 million. So the 1%, let's just say it's $5 million for 1%. Yeah. That means the people who bought one for $4,700 can cash in for $5 million. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you, you look at it like, like Facebook, right? If you were able to invest in Facebook early on, uh, you would get in for very cheap. Um, but now Facebook's worth a hundred billion dollars, so one percent of Facebook is a billion dollars, mm. right? I, I think the owner of uh, the Clippers, uh, Steve Ballmer, he has like uh, one point eight percent of uh, Facebook, something like that. It's not even a lot of money. I mean, a lot of percentage, and it's like. $800 million or something like that. So between him and his partner, I think it's like 1.2, 1.3. Don't quote me on that because that's his, but you can look it up because it's uh, public knowledge. Yo, so first off, anybody want to put a couple dollars together, like on this 100, <laughs> on a 1%, on a that's going to be worth 5 million. Okay, yeah. I 100% yeah. believe that. So if anybody yeah. got a little something, I got a, I got about $18. <laughs> we can, we You're close. Up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> now you close. just need to get a thousand more posts. Let me see. Can I put something on it? Can I get a, a slither of a percent? This podcast is sponsored by DonaldTheVoice.com. For all your audio and video needs, I'm here for you. Sound good. Look good. Be good. The official editor and producer of the Social Proof Podcast, Donald The Voice. And, and now, back to the show. Yeah. So, so you're saying $47. What's this pitch? 4700 4700 What's this pitch that you're it's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. 
in the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. 
telling people? Like, I, I need to know, like, what type of posture do you have? What are you saying in a meeting? Are you saying, give me $4,700 for this 1%? Well, first of all, I had to really do some talking so I didn't have a product. Right. So I just, me and my, my buddy Garrick uh, from Oxnard, we had put together some slides. We, had, we hired a uh, web designer who was going to build it. We didn't have enough money to pay him to build it, but we had enough to get the slides done, right? Mm -hmm. So we had him build the slides. So I would tell him what it needed to look like, what it needed to do. And he built these slides. We got them laminated. Thought we were looking all pretty and stuff like that, mm. professional. <laughs> now, in retrospect, we you know, like, hey, man, you, you just make it happen. Right. But um, we got nominated, and we would go into the presentation, and I would be flipping over the cards while I'm telling them. See, it's not the product that you're showing right now. It's the potential of the product in the future that they buy. Mm. People don't buy. You know, you go find a house. You know, it's very rare that you buy the house to move into it as is. You buy it because man, I can change this door and put that door over here. I can change this color and I can do that. So you buy potential. And so you have to sell people on the potential of what it can do. So, so we don't have a product, but I have the slides. And this is what we can build if we have. If that's so like flip chart style. Like, yeah. all right, guys, this yeah. is what the front's going to look like. Flip. Yeah. Okay, if you piss, piss, click this button, it's going to look like it. It's going to take you to this. Wow. But this is what I need your money for. And if you put your money into this, then what if we become another Facebook? And even if we don't even get close to Facebook and we only get to like half of what Facebook does, then that's $500 million that our company would be worth. But I was able to really convince them that I can take this company to a billion dollars. Um, Cause I, I just really believed it. I, I really believe that the idea was that great that I can turn this company into a billion dollars. Now, a lot of the investors are very conservative and uh, they come from the financial world. So a lot of them didn't believe me, but they put their money up, but they didn't believe me, but they just knew that it was gonna make, you know, three times their money. It's already made like 10x their money, wow. so so they're 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 already extremely happy, right? But it's like you have to you have to be able to articulate the market size, you have to articulate the the growth rate, you have to be able to articulate that there's customers out there that will buy this product once you get it built, because you don't have anything else to go by. I mean, there's no data to go by. You don't have one customer. There's no um, product to go buy, you don't have a mobile app. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't even know how to build mobile apps. But what I knew was the market and I knew sports. And so I, uh, I just had to convince you that if you bet on me, then we can probably chase Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. And, that, and that's what we were chasing. So you raised you raise the five, the 50,000. Mm -hmm. Now what? Now we go and start to build. And so. Um, but then you needed more money. So then I need more money, yeah, because there's a, there's a weird thing called burn rate that I didn't know at the time, right? Burn rate is how much money you spend per month, right? And I just thought we had $50,000. Right. But if you're spending 10000 a month, you only got five months, right? right, right. <laughs> right? I just thought the 50000 was going to last us, right? But it didn't, so we had to go out and raise more money. Well, now we have a product. Even if, even It wasn't even a beautiful product, but at least... If you can give somebody something on beta test on their phone and they can touch a button, now you get to raise more money. Because right. see, now I don't have the slides. So when I have the slides, it's forty-seven thousand dollars. When I have the yeah, forty-seven, uh, forty-seven hundred dollars. Right. When I have a beta test where you can touch two or three buttons and it does something, mm. now it's nineteen thousand dollars. Right. 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 Because uh, your risk is being less. As I get closer to building this thing, you lose. You you get uh, less risk.
So then we did that. We raised a lot of money in that, and we take that to the next milestone. Now I got to raise more money. Right. So now it's like, okay, well, now I, you can touch it. You can feel it. Now it looks good. It's pretty. Right. Now it's $50,000. And then it gets to where it's $100,000. And now where it gets to where it's going to be a, uh, $5 million based off of different contracts mm. and partnerships. Gotcha. But what's interesting is people think that you have to have a dope, solid product in order to go partner with a big company. Now, how big is Nike? Huge. You, you say Nike is big, right? We had no product. We just had the vision and the story. I had just raised like $45,000, $50,000. We go to Nike and we tell the Nike. The audacity of you, sir. What? <laughs> what? All I wear was the Nike. audacity. I wear some Adidas too now. You know, I do wear some Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but at that time, all I wore was Nike. Right, but now right. we do stuff with Adidas too. <laughs> but, but what I did was, I said, um, uh, if I was going to invest in stuff like that, my man's got the 95. Uh, uh, Air Maxis, right? And I know that that's a dope year to have Air Maxis. And I got the Jordans and there's other people out with, with Nikes. So I want to invest in things that I like. I only invest, I really try to invest in things that I will use or things that I believe in or, or like. So I wanted to go to Nike and because I wanted free product. Right. I wanted my staff in all Nikes and I want them to send me shoes. Right. So I go to Nike and I say, hey, yo, you, you guys need a, an official recruiting social network on your team. They was like, boy, what you talking about? Nah, you need this. And because you guys have the EYBL, you guys have all this stuff, let us be the official social networking partner. Well, in 2012, they made us the official social networking partner of the Nike Tournament of Champions in Arizona. Mm. And <clears throat> we didn't have a product. We didn't have a product. We were out there getting people to sign up. And all you can do is put your first name, your last name, and your email address. Now, they have 1,500 people here. All the biggest college coaches in the world are here. They had over 300 coaches, all these athletes. So on the first day, we have this whole big old dinner, right? Mm. And they got me and my scholarly staff sitting in the front. And they have our logo on one screen about 25 feet. And they got the Nike logo on another screen. And that's it, just our, us mm. two. It looked like we was a big company. Right, right. You get to the tournament the next day. Can we get you to put your name? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> right? And so we were just collecting data. Right. Right? Because the data was worth something, right? And we can email them. But we didn't even have a product. And we showed up to the Nike Tournament of Champion. And, man, they treated us like kings and stuff like that. So that's how we got our first big start with Nike. And then in 2014, we did the all-world game. They shipped over 100 pairs of of exclusive shoes, the uh, Kobe Bryant, the uh, LeBron James Black History Month, and Kevin Durant's Black History Month. Mm. And we had all of our guys and girls wearing those shoes and the uniforms and so forth, and we had to pay a dime. Mm. Uh, now, then I parlayed the Nike deal, and I go over there to Adidas. Um, so shouts out to my man, De'Anthony Langston over at Nike Real Run, and then Atope over at uh, Adidas to come to Magic, because then I started doing stuff with Adidas. So I'm one of the only companies that do that that is a uh, recruiting platform for both Nike and Adidas, right. and they can't get mad at each other. Amazing. So, all right, so I, I we we got a big audience of entrepreneurs. So I I love for you to give some entrepreneurial advice. Actually, before before we do that, I want to know how your brain thinks in terms of business. So, let's say for instance, I have a t-shirt line, mm -hmm. right? And you were a part of that t-shirt line. What would be some of the things that you would? Uh, what, what would be some of the steps that you would take? in terms of building this clothing line, this t-shirt line? Man, first, we would identify the market. Like, like who, who we're trying to sell it to. 
and I need to see how big that market is, and then that'll tell me how I'm going to market to them. You can't mark, you can be a brilliant person in marketing, but you can't market everything the same. Mm -hmm. I can't market CBD the same as I'm, I'm marketing the Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it two different things, right? You, you got to get to heaven. You need this to get to heaven, <laughs> right? You just need this to get to, get to work. <laughs> right, right. So it's two different things. So the, 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 the benefits are different, right? So for that person, the benefit is I'm going to go get to work to a job that I didn't want anyway. Mm. You're, you're all right? Mm. So I wanted a job, but I didn't want to work. Mm. It, that mentality. So you're only willing to pay X amount of dollars for that. Yeah. I can sell you a Bible for $100,000 if I can guarantee you that you'll go to heaven if you read every single page. Mm. There's not a person who wouldn't pay $100,000 if you knew when you finished that at some point in your life you're going to go to heaven. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is you can't guarantee that. But I can convince enough people that they need to read the Bible in order to meet Jesus or have a relationship with God or a higher power or whatever the case is. So when it comes to the t-shirt, it's like, who are we marketing to? Like, we can't be having Martin Luther King t-shirts and over here in Cinco de Mayo and marketing it over here to Caesar yeah, Chavez yeah. Lane, right? So it just doesn't make sense. So who are we marketing to? Who is the team? I always like to, to invest in people rather than product mm -hmm. um, because people... You write the right people won't let you down. You losing my money is not letting me down. You giving up and walking away from my money is letting me down. Mm -hmm. So as long as you, as I believed in you and you're gonna go down with the ship and I believe that you did everything that you possibly could and we just couldn't make it, I'm happy with that. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Tell me the next thing that you have and I'll invest in that too. Because losing a company or failing in a company is not a failure. You should have two or three failures before you become successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to pass up on another investment just because he lost $100,000 of mine. I, I'm gonna watch how he worked. I'm gonna watch how he worked my money. Did he work my money like it was his money? Mm -hmm. And if he did that, then bring me the next thing because with his drive and his grind, there's gotta be something special in that kid that it may not be the first one, the second one, the third one, but what if it's the fourth one? Got and then it. I say, you know what? I'm not really messing with him right now. And then it's Uber or it's Lyft. Oh man, I could have been a part. I did the you other three. You told me about Uber though. Speaking oh, of which, man. you could have you could have put some bread into that, right? Yeah, man. My boy Big Chuck, um, he knew Troy Carter. Troy Carter was getting ready to invest in Uber, and wanted us to invest in Uber. And he was like, first of all, we didn't believe that Uber was going to take over the taxi business, and mm -hmm. we didn't believe that people would would actually allow you to use their car. But it's the same model that I have, right? I, Uber doesn't own the car and they don't own the customer and they just provide a space for you guys to connect, right? So start looking at businesses like that because right. those are the businesses that are booming and have very little, you know, risk how, and how have a whole did, lot of reward. How much were you about? Yo, oh, can you hit the little, it's a, it's, a, it's a knob over there to turn the fire on. I just want a little fire. Just turn it all the way to the, just turn it all the way to the, yeah, we're going to get some fire in this joint. Good luck. It'll, it'll come on. Okay. So how much did how much were you how much did you pass up investing in? Well, at that time, I think he told Big Chuck that uh, we can invest fifty thousand dollars, and I think we would have gotten something like five ten percent at fifty thousand dollars. This is when they were, were first starting starting out, um, and then um, he also Troy Carter also invested in Lyft, right? And I thought I was telling Big Chuck he's crazy. I ain't following this brother. Right, right. You know what I mean. And we were hearing that Gary Vee was passing up on Uber. So I was like, that's the brother. That's Gary Vee. Mm -hmm. He know. 
Go, Gary got to know. He got to know. Right. Gary didn't know nothing. <laughs> Gary didn't know nothing on that one. Right, he right. knew a lot of stuff, but right. he didn't know nothing on that one. Right. I should have still worked with the brother. So what happened was he ended up being smart because he invested in Uber and he invested in the competition. Mm. Because if one, it's such a great idea that even if one of them didn't make it, the other one was going to be super dope. And so it, it just happens that both of them are, are kind of trending this way. So he's actually doing pretty well in both. But, you know, it's, 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 it's sometimes we don't invest in things because we don't understand it, you know, uh, or sometimes we don't understand. Because I couldn't have imagined me putting a stranger in my car, but I'm not the customer. Right, right. So right. you have to take yourself out of that process, and out of that thinking. Like, who would let somebody come into their house and just stay? And just stay? And I don't even know you? Right. Oh, please, ain't nobody going to do that. Everywhere I go, I go to Airbnb. Yeah, That's some right. of the dopest vacations and the trips that I take. Yeah. And I just go to Airbnb. And it's like, wow. But I, you have to get yourself from thinking how you think and start thinking how a customer thinks. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem is people can't switch that in their brain to figure out if this is a good, viable product and, and a business investment versus would I do that? Yeah. There's 7 billion people in this world. I don't need you. Right. I don't need life. I just need 50 of these people. Right. I just need 100 of these people. So you might not be my customer. Mm-hmm. You're not my customer for Scholarly. Right. To get a scholarship, but you're my customer to be on Scholarly to just to see what other people are doing. So I got to market to you differently than I market to an athlete. Gotcha. I got to market to a college coach different than I market to an athlete or a parent or a friend. Are you actively investing in companies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always, so so how do we approach you? Like, what does somebody say... Like, what, what do we got to show first of all, you an investor? First of all, you can't approach me. Okay. Yeah, you got to approach somebody who know me. And if somebody who knows, who knows me and is talking to you, then if the, if the investment comes through somebody that I trust and I believe, then I'm more likely to listen to that. Don't call me. Yeah. Don't call me like, yo, can you put me on that? No. <laughs> no, find somebody else because I'm not about to be responsible yeah. for, unless it's a really good uh, matter of fact, call me because I can be yeah, a part. Nah, right? man, I, I, <laughs> I, I hardly ever invest in, uh, in somebody who just comes off the streets yeah. and talks to me about it. And plus, you can't really get to me that way. But like if, if you were to call me and say, yo, man, I got this idea and I'm thinking about putting a few dollars up in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? What is it? Right. I don't want to miss out on something, right? And then if I feel like you did a, some due diligence... And then I do some more due diligence, and I still like it. Um, I'm investing with somebody that I know, gotcha. or maybe you don't have any money to invest, and you believe in their product, but it's a little bit too rich for you, and you believe in their product, and you still you bring it to me. Um, I trust you, mm-hmm. and I trust your motives. Um, so it's very rare that I invest in people that I just that haven't gotten to me the right way. Gotcha, gotcha. And I know yeah. you're doing a lot of CBD stuff, though, right? Well, I'm doing, a lot of, I'm doing a lot of CBD stuff, and oddly enough is that I don't even smoke marijuana. Right. And uh, I have never used the CBD cream. I just started using it with my mom, and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, know, it, you know, I get facials all the time. Mm-hmm. And my girl, uh, Sonia, from uh, SJ Studios in Oxnard, you got to come, and I got to let her do her thing on you. It'll change your life. Come on. Sonia's, Come on, the, Sonia's the bomb. Not the whole thing, boo. Uh, my wife listen. Okay, just yeah. maybe I'm a, you could come. Can my wife come? But through? what happens is I go see Sonia probably like once a month, and she started using this hemp product on my mm. face, and it's got me looking younger. You know what mm. I'm saying? I ain't right. going to tell you how long I am, but it's got me looking nice and right, young, right. right? And so um, she started telling me about the, the CBD stuff, and so I got the CBD cream from my mom, 
who uh, obviously had that stroke and she's having problems. And I put it on there. I didn't want to tell her what it was because she's a church woman mm. up and down. Bro, she's praying right now. <laughs> <laughs> My mom praying right now. And so I didn't want to tell her it was hemp or marijuana or whatever. And she used it and it actually worked, man. It actually worked. So I just jumped on uh, a mobile app and started uh, buying shares in CBD. The, the interesting thing is you can only buy shares of CBD out of companies in Canada. United hmm. States are not allowed to sell shares in uh, CBD or marijuana products yet. Really? So it's, yeah. it, it might be good for us to like really be looking at when it is open in the United States. And that might be a goal for us. Well, why wait until everybody knows about it? You want to invest in something before everybody knows about it because then the value comes down. So now I'm getting in it early, and if they're the only ones that are doing it, we're first to market. Oh, you got so, some in, in America now? No, I have some in Canada. Yeah, I got Yeah, them. so um, I have, like, maybe three different marijuana companies, and they have different uses. Mm -hmm. And so I've invested in those. Um, I, I don't drink coffee, but so many people drink coffee, so I invested in some coffee stuff. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I have a restaurant in Ventura that I invested in self-pour bar. I don't even drink alcohol. Mm. But uh, so I don't have to, you know, always know the product and use the product, but I do have to believe in the product. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Good, good. I want to get a, I want to get a couple of questions uh, from y'all. Obviously, while we're here, uh, we have a live studio audience. It's only three of them. Uh, <laughs> so but they live, though. Uh, for sure. We live. We live. <laughs> they live. Um, if y'all have any questions, um, you know, we can kind of ask them and get them answered. Man, I was a little kid. Repeat the question. Okay, so so you want to know when did I know I was going to become an entrepreneur? Man, I was a little kid playing baseball. I was probably like eight or nine years old. My buddy had a paper route, and uh, you know I, I ain't had no bike, so I couldn't have a paper route. But my buddy had a paper route, and so I would go to him and say, "Yo, how much would you pay me to fold the papers for you?" And he would give me a price, and I was like. So where do you got to throw these things? And he showed me his route. I said, well, how much will you pay me to throw the route? And his name was Peanuts, and which was crazy, right? How much do you pay me to throw the route? He said, if you throw the route, I'll give you half the money. So I went and got my man and said, hey, I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars to fold these papers. And then I got my other man and said, you got the bike. You threw the paper, you throw the papers, <laughs> and I'm going to pay you X amount. And I would only keep like maybe 2 or $3. Yeah. But at 8 or 9 years old, that was a dope hustle. Oh, and sure. I knew at that time that I had something brilliant in me, which was like, I didn't have the paper route, I didn't have a bike, and I didn't, I didn't even get the checks, right? My man had to give me the checks, <laughs> right? But he gave me $2, man, I hit that ice cream truck, right. I, can't, I can't wait for the next month, man, right? And I was, I was giving them more money than I was making, and that was the dumb part of me, but right. I still created a business of something that I didn't have. I so, it. yeah, I, I knew very early on. At some point, I was going to be an entrepreneur. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Got anything? What's the most important aspect of being a The most important thing for me as an entrepreneur, man, is just know who I am. I know exactly who I am every time I wake up in the morning, man. I grind every day for my family. I grind every day for my dad who passed away in 2000 from pancreatic cancer. And I don't take nothing from anybody that I didn't earn. Um, 
because I know who I am, I know where I'm willing to go to become successful. Uh, I'm willing to go to homelessness to become successful. I, you know, I have my daughter, and I'm going through child custody and, and everything, and I'm having my visitation, and I don't have anywhere to take her, so I take her to my sister's house and hang out. But I always saw her and knew that she was going to be good. The problem is, a lot of times you don't know who you are. You think you Dave. You think you E.T. You think you Melvin. You think you're, you're, you're John Singleton. And so you wake up every morning trying to chase something different. And then you say, you know what, when it doesn't work out for you, you say, you know what, screw that, I'm not doing that. Now I'm going to be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I'm going to go over and do it like this. I woke up every morning and know who I was and know where I was willing to go to become successful. So it didn't matter what you did to me. You couldn't tell me I wasn't going to be nothing because I wasn't going to believe it because I always thought I was. You couldn't show me I wasn't going to be nothing because I wasn't going to look at it. Right? And so every single day, brother, who are you? And what are you doing it for? And how does that align? You can't never forget, you can't never, it is so important for you to know who you are because that's going to be how you get to where you get going. That's going to be how you get to where you're going. And it's like, man, what type of brother are you? So you went into the military. What type of brother are you, man? Do you quit? Do you give up? If you're on a team, do you let him down? If you know that every day and you knew that you could count on him every day for that, would you guys be a strong team? Of course. Right? Know who you are and know what you're looking for in a partner. I'm looking for somebody who's willing to share that risk with me. Because if he's willing to share that risk with me, getting that success is the easy part. Everybody's willing to share the success. So I'm telling you off the rip, Dave, we're going to start this business, man. But listen, man, we might not eat. Mm -hmm. You might not be able to take your wife to the movie for three or four months. Mm. Are you willing to do that with me, brother? Yeah. Well, then let's shake on it, man. Let's go get yeah. it. Yeah. That's the most important thing, man, because now I can trust you because I know who you are. You know, and you know who you are. About my man, Brian Arzani, he told me, like, I did this, like, this course on behavior science, and he said they interviewed 97,000 people, 97,000 high performers, because they were trying to find, like, a, a common thread, mm -hmm. right? And they said, in terms of talent, there's no common thread, like, all of them are focused or all of them are, you know, great communicators. They said, but the only common thread they found was um, self-awareness and authenticity. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Like, yo, yeah. I operate in my strength. Yeah, man. Self-awareness, yeah. knowing that. Bro, it's like somebody could tell me, yo, Mel, you ugly than a mug. I'm still going to go try to talk to the girl. <laughs> <laughs> she might be with you after right. you don't tell me I was ugly. Right. I just, that's all I know, man. I know I have something to offer, man. I, I know I'm a good dude. Yeah. So it's like, man, like you say something when you first met him that people don't know about. And I'm not going to share, but you don't know about. That right there, knowing that, says you're going to be successful, brother. All you got to do is keep grinding, keep living. Mm. All you got to do is keep grinding, keep living, because you can't fake that. Mm. Right? You can't fake that. Yeah. And you didn't even know that. Yeah. Right? Because he wasn't doing it for accolades. I don't do anything for accolades, man. You know, Except I just, for that watch thing. Because you wanted to do Yeah, that watch thing, man. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to do accolades. Yeah, I was he watching. Yeah, this was, is platinum. Just yeah, yesterday, yeah, man. I, I was watching too many music videos, man. I, I don't know, man. It got me, man. They, they got me on that sucker stuff, Dave. Sleepers for suckers, Dave. I was a sucker that day, boy. But, but yeah, man. And it's just so many people just lose themselves 
in wanting to be famous and they lose themselves in wanting to be successful that they sell themselves. Mm -hmm. I ain't doing none of that, man. Yeah. I'm going to be the same dude every single day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see me, I'm, you know, how I am. Yeah. That's how I am every single day, brother. Yeah. For sure, for sure. And I love me some me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you wouldn't me. think, like, just your success level, like, sometimes I forget, like, you know, like, the status of, like, yo, billionaire, right? He's like... Like Brandon, like he's just a, like just a regular, regular cool dude. So I no, appreciate you being No, wait a minute, you got to tell him how we met, right? Oh, for sure. No. Let, oh, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll let you tell us this, your, your interview, yeah. but so, I was in awe. I was like, what? So I was, um, you know, I, I've got several mentors that, you know, that are billionaires and, and things of that nature. And um, I was checking on our Instagram account. And I, so I log in every now and then um, to check to see what our guy Robert is doing from time to time. And I saw David on there, and he used to kill me with the Dorito Dave. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, Dorito Dave used to speak to me, man. <laughs> and so I was like, yo, this brother is dope. And I didn't have an Instagram. So I would have to come and check on him to see Dorito Dave. And so one day I was like, man, I got to get this brother to follow us. And uh, so I reached out, and I was like, yo, my man. I just sold my company for a billion dollars, man. What I got to do to get a follow? And he was like, just ask, fam. And next thing you know, he followed me. <laughs> so I was like, well, let me go buy the book. And here's the thing. When he said it, I'm thinking, okay, all right, a, a billion, all right, all right. <laughs> but it was just, I mean, he, was, he asked me to follow. I'm like, yo, just ask me. It ain't, yeah. I don't, I don't look at myself like that. And we need to get into that, too, yeah. um, what you told me yesterday, because it really changed me. Um, it, it was... I, I didn't, he's like, yo, what do I got to do to get a follow back? I just sold my company for a billion dollars. I'm like, yo, just ask me. And I just followed him, right? And then he joined the coaching program. Yeah, so I, right? bought, the, I bought the books. I wanted to support, and then I want to see who you really were. And I found out you weren't really Dor Dorito Dave. And I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you was Dorito Dave every day. Right. <laughs> no, man, this brother is intelligent and intellectual. <laughs> and I was like, yo. So then I was like, Okay, so I got to get one-on-ones with this guy, <laughs> right? I ain't never been in a group. My staff is like, you ain't getting in a group. Hold on. He said, yeah, that's not him. He doesn't just eat Doritos. Yeah. Oh, this brother right yeah. here got stories. And so, <laughs> and so I ended up reaching out to him, and I was like, yo, man, I need to get some one-on-ones. He's like, yo, join my session. Join the session. And I went and looked, and it's like $97. I was like, am I missing something? I said, he going to do some one-on-ones for $97? So I just sign up anyway, all right? Don't know what to expect. My first day in there, it's like 60 people in this mug. I was like, what? what? What's going on? And so I was being very quiet. But the thing that, that, that struck me that day was I happened to come in on the day that you were talking about opportunity. Mm -hmm. And what does opportunity look like to you and your business? And it was like, wow, because that's the first time I ever had it put that way to understand what you were talking about. And you gave us a story about the, about how the lion in the jungle and then he hears a herd in the distance and he's like, oh, is that a herd? And then it starts getting closer and closer. He said, is them some gazelles? Mm -hmm. And he gets closer, them is some gazelles. Oh, we gonna eat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? That's but that's what opportunity is. And sometimes Opportunity comes when you're not even expecting it, but you have to be ready for it. Right. And you have to know what it looks like. Right. And people don't know what opportunity looks Man, like. Man, when I left that, I had told my staff, like, yo, I'm here. This is where I'm this is where I'm gonna park at. 
I don't know how the brother make money because it was only $97. I don't even really remember how much it I could be wrong. I don't even remember how much it was. But it just comes out of the account every month. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, 90, yeah, yeah. Well, $97. But, but it was, that was my introduction to you. And uh, it was, to me, and I told you this last night, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can always have a mentor above you or below you. Um, so it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can still be a mentor to, to a person who has $10 billion or $15 billion because it's just getting us to think differently, mm -hmm. right? It's not necessary that you're smarter or anything like that. It's just you think differently than what I was thinking at the time, and that helps me grow. And I might think differently on some things that you need at the time, and that's going to help you grow. Sure. You have to change how you think in different scenarios. Absolutely. In order to be successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, I definitely want to wrap it up. I got one. Uh, anybody got any other questions? Y'all good? Just, yes, sir, B. You said what? Oh, so you want to know how I set goals and goals that I set? To be honest with you, brother, I don't set any goals. I've never set a goal. Um, I don't set goals because setting goals is for me. And it's not for everybody, so I don't want everybody to follow me. But to set goals for me is to set limitations. So people say, yo, I want to make a million dollars a year. I mean, I want to make a million dollars in a year. Mm -hmm. And I say, well, how much money do you have to make to make a million dollars in a year? So they'll tell you their number, right? $83,000, right? So every day that you wake up, you're trying to make $83,000 a month. I want every single thing that God got for me. It might be $60,000 that month. It might be $100,000 that month. It might be a million dollars that month. So I don't set limitations on what I, I don't set limitations on my expectations. Mm. I expect everything that God got for me and I'm going to take it. And because uh, I prayed for it, right? Until I pray to take some of this off of me and stop giving me so much, God, mm. keep, it, keep it coming. So I really feel like when I did the deal in China, if I was saying my goal is to be the number one sports social network in the United States, I would have never gone to China. Mm. See, that wasn't my goal. My goal is nothing. I just want everything that God's got for me. So when opportunity comes, I don't say, well, that doesn't fit into my goal. You take all I don't understand that, right? Oh, that doesn't fit into the 83,000 because that's only this much money. Mm. This contract, you add up enough contracts, you're going to get to the bread. You might turn down a contract because you're like, nigga, I'm good. I got $12,000 in contracts per month. I'm getting to my million, and I don't even want to take another job because it's going to be more work. Mm. So you quit. Well, what if you can get to $24,000 a month and then two months later you got to $50,000? I don't set goals on my expectations and I don't set limitations. I so I just it. take everything that you have. So I never set goals, man. I love it. I love it. Anybody else? Questions? Questions? Okay, cool. So um, as we wrap up, um, I like to set predictions because um, I want to be the first to hear it. That's what I mean. Uh, I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to ten years so, or some things that you would accomplish in the next five to ten years so that we can look back at this video and say, yo, Melvin said that five years ago. Look at him. He actually did it. So, and I know you don't set goals, but yeah. give, me, give me a few things that you, you feel like you're going to accomplish. Man, well, first of all, let me tell you where I see myself in five or ten years. I see myself in God's hands, right? So whatever that is and whatever he has for me, you know, if it's me to go broke or for me to be, you know, super rich, uh, that's where I see myself. You got to try to go broke right now. Ain't got a hands. 
Uh, be your best. Like. And I ain't trying. Right. <laughs> I can tell you that. I ain't trying. Right. And I'm not even trying my hardest. Right. <laughs> even if I do try, I'm not going to try my hardest. Right. But it's just, I want to see me giving away. Like, you have your shirt, man, which is absolutely dope, right? And you want to tie the million dollars. Go on, go to sleepersforsuckers.com. Yeah. Make a million, that's million absolutely dollars. dope, man. That's what caught me, too. But I want to see myself taking as many homeless college kids off the streets and putting them in the dorm rooms and in the apartments, and whether it's my money or somebody else's money. So my success and my money is not to be used for me because then it, then it could be taken away. I did that before. I got a bunch of money and I used it for me. But I want to use the money that I get now to use it to help other people in which God probably meant for it to be, right? Mm. So the best thing that you can do is be unselfish. Yeah. So in five years from now, if if I'm giving away scholarships, I'm going to be blessed with business, mm -hmm. right? And so if I just want to get as many homeless kids off the street, I want to help as many kids get into college, I want to help other people achieve their dreams and their goals and their business. Um, brother with the t-shirt, life speaking. I mean, life, man. I, I went on, the first call I went on, with, I, I knew he was special, mm -hmm. right? And he needs to be heard around the world. So if I can get behind people and, and help them achieve their dreams, I believe that I'm going to get more. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get a lot more. So what does that look like? Man, close your eyes and imagine the most successful person you've ever met in your life. And that's where I want to be in, in the next five to ten years. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> like I said, I'm done. <laughs> so, uh, man, we about to wrap up, man. Uh, one, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity because it's not that often that I find that like the super, super successful, obviously entertainers, you know, you can kind of hear people talk, but um, super successful people will actually sit down and talk with, you know, small business entrepreneurs and talk directly to small business entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I, I really, really appreciate that, man. So um, if you can kind of get- You appreciate in, that more than me picking up at the airport? Um, it's <laughs> Because it's for them. <laughs> well, I said, I said, B, what you doing? What you doing? I'll be in LA. I, I said, uh, Mel, what you doing tomorrow? I'll be in LA. He said, uh, I'm picking you up from the airport. I said, really? Well, that's exciting. That's what's up. Yeah. So um, one, just, just close this out. Any, uh, any words you have for either that struggling entrepreneur or somebody that's thinking about getting into it um, and, and they're not too sure, they've been struggling for a while, they're trying to figure it out. Um, close this out with some, some good nuggets. Well, the, the thing I ought to tell you is it's, being an entrepreneur is going to be a struggle, right? It's going to be hard and it's going to be tough. And what I'm going to tell you is the realest advice that I can give any entrepreneur is watch how you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. Watch how you talk to yourself. Like, your wife can tell you something and you might not listen to it. Your dad and your mom can tell you that you're not going to be success successful and you might not listen to it. The person that you're going to always listen to is yourself. Mm. So if you tell yourself, man, ain't nobody going to buy these t-shirts. I'm going to get these t-shirts, man, and make them. I'm going to waste my money making them. Ain't nobody going to buy them. 100% of the time, you won't make those t-shirts. I don't believe you. Yep. If you tell yourself there's no way I can build a company from nothing, not knowing how to do it, and I'm going to turn into a billion dollars, ain't no way I'm going to be able to do that. You're going to go get a job. Watch how you talk to yourself because you always listen to yourself. You trust yourself, don't you? Yeah. You believe yourself, For don't sure. you? So watch how you talk to yourself. Be positive, right? Be positive because if you are you positive to yourself, you're going to be able to come out of anything. You're going to be able to build anything and come out of anything. If you don't believe me, ask President Obama, mm -hmm. right? Ask Oprah, ask Mark Zuckerberg. 
they talk to themselves right, man. Wow. I love it. I love it. Man, well, listen, uh, so just to let you guys know, we will officially have a billionaire at the Real Social Proof Conference, April 2nd and 3rd. Uh, we peer pressured him into doing it. <laughs> on camera. That's cold-blooded, man. But for, so from now on, just so everybody knows, when you want to do an interview with me, you're going to sign a disclaimer <laughs> off camera that you can't ask me any business stuff on camera. This guy right here, man. Uh-uh. We're changing the Look, paperwork today. First off, that is a Melvin move right there. I feel like <laughs> Melvin's been in the offices, and those, that's the type of thing he would do. So, yo, appreciate it. Make sure you, oh, tell him how to follow you on uh, social media. Listen, please. I just got on Instagram. Uh, meaning he answered DMs. So this is the time to follow I right just now. got Instagram. I need y'all to take me to 400 followers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be an easy one. That'll be an you know easy one. Yo, get my numbers up. Melvin underscore nunnery. N-U-N-N-E-R-Y. Follow me. Hit me up. Talk to me, man. I talk back. And uh, we have uh, Scholar Me uh, on Instagram as well. Follow us at, at Scholar Me. And so, yeah, let's have a good time. Let's grow. Uh, don't send me any uh, business proposals, any investment inquiries. Right. <laughs> just talk to me. Just, just talk to me. There it is. Have your man or your girl get to me. Right. Not, not your girl. I, not your that. girl. Have your, man, have your man make the introduction to me. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I love it, man. Yo, make sure y'all follow my man, okay? Like, y'all are going to see more content. If I got something to do with it, okay? We about to definitely yeah. have Melvin putting out more content. We about to content. change the game. Follow my brother, okay? Uh, get your tickets for realsocialproof.com. Realsocialproof.com. You want to be in the building two whole days. Um, obviously, we got... Uh, hey, what day am I speaking? I don't know yet. Uh, Who am I speaking know. to? Can I speak with life? I, yeah. Hey, okay. Sure. I'm, I'm rocking with life. Yeah, life is there. Oh, life what? Is what? There. I'm rocking with life. Well, see, you and Andre got a, got a workshop together. So maybe... Okay, it'll be on that, but I'll probably have you on stage interviewing you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do that, man. Yeah, so Q&A, because I want the people so, to so be able to sit So you won't have me working, so that's two days I'm going to be... No, oh, man, the same day. I'm working now? Workshops. Oh, man, this... You I got to get my disclaimer. You ain't committed. Man, I got to get my disclaimer, man. <laughs> I'm committed. Yeah, I got I to gotta get my disclaimer from now on, bro. Uh, man, take out your phone and type on this and sign right here, bro. But you love me to be a business partner, though, because I'm aggressive. I got to go get Absolutely. it, Absolutely. Right? I, so I like that hustle. I like that hustle. I'm trying to it just in case, you know what I'm saying? I got an opportunity, so... Make sure y'all follow Mel, please, man. Uh, again, go to realsocialproof.com and continue to like, share, and post these interviews, okay? Real Social Proof. Peace. Yo, this is your boy, Donald the Boys. Donald the Boys. And that's right. If you're listening, then you know a little bit of my swag, my production. I'm a voiceover artist, podcast producer, and also a little bit of a creative. And I want to offer you a special offer for this podcast listenership. That's right. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you need any kind of commercials, promos, or advertisements, that then I'll be sure to hook you up. With prices starting as low as $50 for a fully produced commercial, I'm willing to give you the best value that you can get anywhere. So once again, head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And I look forward to talking to you. Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad because with Chime checking account, features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and getting paid up to 2 days early with direct deposit, you can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade to spend more time listening to your favorite podcasts or at least grab yourself an extra morning latte this month. Join millions of Chime members who work on their financial progress with fee-free overdraft and no monthly fees. When you find new ways to save, you can reach your financial goals easier and still have the occasional treat. 
Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. That's chime.com slash goals24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com slash disclosures for details.